Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become patron today Podcast episode 177. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here. Shoot. Still doing the thing remotely, still banging out these podcasts when we can. We are in the month of May. And this episode in particular, uh, we're going to call it a hip hop smorgasbord because it's going to be, we're going to talk a whole bunch of hip hop. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, it's been sort of, I don't want to say a quiet year for hip hop. I think the heat is coming. I think this is shaping up. Brian, I'm sure you will agree, just like last year where we were sitting in the spring waiting for things to start popping up. And, um, you know, we we had some things come up recently, but probably the biggest hip-hop news, I would say, thus far of the year was an announcement that came last week that had uh, us very happy, I'm sure. It had our producer, Gregory Alcala, extremely happy uh, because he is a huge fan of this artist. So am I. So is, so is Brian. Uh, J. Cole tweeted announcing that his new album, The Off Season, will be dropping this Friday. That is May 14th, this Friday. Will be dropping the off season. So, anybody? I don't do much of the album covers, but I did like the album cover. Thought it, thought it was pretty dope. Uh, Brian, are, are you excited for this album? You excited for some new J. Cole? I have my reasons why I'm very excited and maybe more excited than I have been for his last couple of projects, although I'm always excited. I think the excitement level for me is a little bit higher and I have my reasons why, but are you excited and highly anticipating this new J. Cole album? It's funny because when you mentioned the heat is coming, I was thinking, oh, they did beat the Celtics the day before we recorded this podcast. <laughs> you know what? Can't say, can't say anything about the heat around you. Hey, 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 I just wanted to point that out. Um, but yeah, I was excited um, because it was unexpected. And those sort of things are, are kind of the best sort of announcements where you don't see them coming. And not only that you not you did not see them coming, but it's coming right around the corner. It's not something that he said, like, you know, when some people are, for example, doing a project 
and they're announcing something that's not going to come for literally eight months. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to be too far ahead of something. And with J. Cole, you really don't need to say anything, period. And Dexter, that's going to be a point that you uh, sort of touch on in a little bit here. But, you know, I was glad that he came out with it because I wasn't expecting a J. Cole album right this second, though I was expecting one this year. And we both talked about how the fall off was probably supposed to be next. So I was also excited and curious about, like, okay, he's jumping to the off season. And then I texted you. I was like, does the off season come before the fall off? Literally and figuratively, like trying to figure out like what it is here. He put, he posted a documentary. I have not watched it. You have. So maybe you could tell us more about that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that. I just want to jump back to one thing that you said regarding uh, mm-hmm. this album. And I too had thought the same thing. I think everybody thought the fall off was going to be the next album. He ended his last album with 1985, the intro to the fall off. And so everybody thought that, but I did remember that J. Cole, I think this was about this was somewhere back in November, maybe October, he had put out this picture on IG uh, with a list of projects that he still had to do. And he had Revenge of the Dreamers crossed out. Uh, KOD was crossed out before that. Then he had another project uh, called, it was uh, the off season, It's a Boy, and then the fall off. So it, it, very interesting um, in terms of that. So we have the fall off. Now, the uh, documentary, J. Cole's been doing this, his, you know, three out of his four last projects. He didn't do this before KOD, but he's put out a little documentary right before the album that kind of gives you a little taste of what he's been working on, mindset, focus. And they're always really good. Um, he's done some longer ones that have been on HBO that have been really enjoyable. But this was a short one. This was about 12 minutes uh, in terms of length. And, I, you know, I, I found it, as the other ones, you know, really informative as to where his mind is as an artist. And I think a lot of people may wonder, all right, well, what is the fall off, the off season? Excuse me. See, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Um, the off season. And, you know, he had a good explanation uh, around it. And I thought it was pretty interesting. He talks about getting back. The, the basic explanation of this was getting back to the focus that he had before he dropped the warm-up, his, you know, sort of critically acclaimed mixtape that dropped in back in 09 um, that basically put J. Cole on the map. Um, he, he was talking about just at the time he was, uh, this is how the documentary starts to start off, and I don't want to ruin it for, for all for you, but he talks about a moment in his life where he felt like he was complacent with what he was doing musically before he even dropped uh, the warm-up. And he wasn't really focused and on his grind and putting in the work that he needed to be to even create the warm up and obviously the other music that came after that. And so he just went, you know, hunkered down, wrote a verse every day, you know, produced beats every day, just kind of got in the lab with his work. And he called that like the off season. So he's saying now where he is in his career, he sees how he can be getting comfortable again with the, you know, status that he's achieved as a rapper. And he's trying to get it, getting back to that mindset and that hunger that he once had. So, you know, I find that that interesting because I think that can happen for a lot of people in a lot of careers, not just applicable to rap, right? You can get to this point where you have this level of complacency. You know, even for somebody who's older in a sports journalism career like myself, you kind of get to this point where you need, so you got to get back into the lab. You got to work. You know, you got to do stuff again. Um, And it's funny, I think actually when I was hearing him say that, and J. Cole's only a couple years younger than me. When I was hearing him say that, I was like, man, this actually kind of hits me well, where I am in my life. That's what I was and in term- Yeah, and in terms of my career, where I actually have this new freedom to, glad to be free, this freedom to create 
as much stuff as I want to. And it's just kind of getting back to the roots of I wanted to do and create it. And, you know, myself and our producer for this show, too, Gregory Alcala, we're working on the show, The NBA Exchange. Brian, I know you talked last year about you being able to just, in your stage where you're on career, work on your roots and book you have coming out and all those things, you know, you That's have coming to find really soon, really soon. All <laughs> these things you need to have to, to sort of refine your creative processes and always push yourself further. I think that's the thing in the message that I took from Cole is this pushing himself further. He's trying to get himself to a new height as a rapper. But what I will say, B, is I think, I think this was two years ago when we did our end of the year awards. I had J. Cole as rapper of the year. This might have been the year he dropped KOD or might have been the year after. Had to be KOD. And I think it was, it was the combination of his rapping on that album combined with what I was hearing him do on features. I remember you and I like, yo, Cole's really spazzing on these features. He's really showing. If you look at his, his work on the features over the last couple of years, woo, man, he's killed it. And then please, let's not forget, folks, the two singles that he dropped last year that's supposed to be on the fall off off that little Lewis Street EP package that he had. He was rapping his ass off on that too. You can really tell his pen game is sharp. You can really tell his work on flows right now. And we'll get to the song he released off this album thus far. The way he's able to just play with flows right now and words, he's really at a level where you could think about some of your favorite rappers and when they were at what people will call their peak right? He's at this part where it's like, yo, the pan and the flow is just, it's so sharp in the way it's meshing together. And you're like, yo, I, 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 musically, this guy's in another place. You know, I, I was going back and you guys heard me before we started this podcast, listening to some old J. Cole, and I can really see the growth. I'm like, yo, I see how much better of a rapper he is right now. Like his craft to the writing is so much better than what it is right now. And so when I heard that, that's one of the biggest takes I have from the documentary, B. And I definitely encourage you to watch it. But when I see that he's working on his craft and trying to push it to another level, man, I think that's dope. And hearing that makes me like, I can't wait to hear this album. <laughs> like, I just can't wait to hear it because yeah. you're saying that you felt the need to put in the work to try to get to another level before you fall off, which he talks about, which is pretty much him talking about retiring and eventually getting out the game. I'm a little more intrigued now that you say that because, well, one, I'm going to watch the documentary anyway because, like, that's something that it's, I saw that it was only 12 minutes. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a more relatable project, which at the end of the day, people are looking for music that sort of takes them to where they are or experiences that they enjoyed or experiences that they've had, et cetera, et cetera. And we just touched on, like, we're both going through this right now in terms of looking for a creative reset or a change in direction or, you know, trying to rekindle something or whatever it is. But like, you know, it's, it's, it seems to be about new ventures, new experiences, wanting to turn things into a, you know, turn into a new direction with off season, which is, you know, that's what you do when you have downtime. The off season is really downtime for you to work on whatever it is you're trying to work on so that you come back and you're better than, you know, maybe ever, maybe better than you were last year, whatever your goal is. So that intrigues me, especially when you mentioned the warm-up because we were talking about his discography earlier before, which we'll get into a little bit as we bring Greg in here. Like, this is somebody who his discography is not as clear as some other people. Like, you know, some of the other people we had mentioned earlier, Snoop Dogg's discography, like, you know, Doggy Styles, number one. And then, you know, after that, some people would say it wouldn't even matter, but 
you know, after that, it's whatever other albums. And with J. Cole, it's a little more debatable. So I'm curious to see where this falls on it, on this discography, because, you know, we just mentioned KOD. There are some other albums that, you know, positive reviews, mixed reviews. I feel like most of us are on the same page with Forest Hills Drive, although it's not as critically acclaimed as you would think. It's an album that is very much a cult classic at the very least. I do think it's a, it's, it's his best album and his best work. And, you know, we'll see where this sort of falls. But I'm looking forward to it because it sounds like for me, like, I I would be disappointed if this isn't one of his best albums because I do think that this is gearing up to be that. And I like that he announced it and it's 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 right around the corner. You know what I mean? This will drop. Yeah. And a few days later, the album's going to be out. It's not going to be a long wait period. Like, you know, Drake, he's Drake, so I guess he can get away with this. He announced an album months in advance that was supposed to come out in January. We're all the way in May. And, I mean, y'all know me. I'm not waiting on a Drake album ever. But this shit, like, I'm starting to feel bad for his fans that I don't care for. You know what I mean? Because it's like, y'all were supposed to get some shit, and y'all haven't gotten it in a while. And a lot of people are like, you know, they're just sort of waiting for the pandemic to blow over. Maybe he thought that we would have more vaccines by January. And, you know, I side with Drake on that because that should have been the case. But at the same time, like a lot of people are just waiting, just waiting. And I like that J. Cole is stepping up to the plate and be like, you know what? I'm going to start this shit. And when an act of his caliber does that, I feel like a lot of people end up following. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's something I've always liked about Cole in his last couple of projects is that he's kind of just been like, all right, well, you know, I'm dropping this. He hasn't had too much advance notice. I think he's been doing this pretty consistently. I mean, this time he gave a week. He did the same thing with KOD. He kind of announced it right the week before. Uh, Forces Drive was two weeks, if I remember, the documentary one week, and the next week he released it. So he's had these short releases. I've told you, I almost wish he would just not say anything and just drop it. That would be even better. I wish he, I feel like he and Kendrick are the two people who could do it. Drake could do it too. I don't know why he doesn't do it. He could absolutely do it. He doesn't need to, he, he doesn't need because to tease he's anything. Still, he's still, yeah, but it's because he still has, you know, a ma- doesn't he still have a major label deal and he yeah. still has to do this to all, like, yeah, I remember he, when that was a thing where like, you know, growing up, somebody would announce their album three, four months in advance. They'll go on 106 in Park, debut the first <laughs> single. It'll be in the yeah. top 10, all this shit. And then the next single will come out like a couple weeks before the album finally drops. And then the album will drop. And then they'll release a third music video. Like, that was sort of the thing back in the day. It was the and formula. Now, now, yeah, now you could just like drop your shit. You know what but I still, mean? But like still, especially, but still, especially, especially the key being one, you have to be of a certain stature of a certain status, and two, you have to own your own shit. Because when you own your own shit, you point. can do whatever you want. That, very, very good point. And some people should realize this point again applies to more than music. Uh, you don't when you have certain freedoms, you can do whatever you want. Right. That, that feels good when you're creating content, whatever you want. But you talked about how there's a lot of debate around J. Cole's discography and place. And our producer, Greg, we're going to bring him in, Greg, who's a big fan. Greg, I want you to uh, tell the people the uh, ridiculousness you tried to tell me before the show. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. It was ridiculous. What's, what's, what's going nah, on, Greg? It's not, it's not ridiculous. All right, you know, I'm going to preface my statement by saying Here we go. that I am, a, I am a diehard J. Cole fan. It's one of my favorite rappers of all time in any era, period. But I ha- I think critically of J. Cole, maybe not. Maybe, there's a lot of J. Cole fans that would just take anything. 
he puts out and say it's the best, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think we could say that he has put out anything bad. I think he's put out great work all the way through his, his entire career. But for me personally, he hasn't made any – he hasn't made a piece of work better than the mixtapes. That's, that's how in, – in, in totality, if you take all of his mixtapes and you put it against all the albums, I think the mixtapes the mixtapes still stand true to this day, and I can go back and still restore the same feelings I had when they first dropped. I'm you know not. I'm not. I understand what you're saying. I'm yeah. not. I'm never going. It's it's a take I've heard from you know a few other J Cole fans because but he I, set he set the bar so high, and see, I think it's it's Drake's fault. Drake changed Drake's mix, fault. Drake changed the mixtape game where the mixtapes became as important as the albums. When it you, well, when, I, will, when, I will say that Drake was very influential in Wayne in, Wayne in, didn't do that? No, Wayne because Wayne wasn't doing more I know what Drake's Drake is saying. Impact, I think Drake's impact on the mixtape era changed the game for mixtapes. I agree with what what you're saying there, Greg, because what yeah. Drake did is Drake was like you can have a mixtape that sounds like an album. Yeah. And that's what he changed. And yeah, so yeah. the 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 thing with yeah. when Cole came out with the warm up, you know, the warm up had definitely album quality songs, no doubt. But you also had these, you know, him rhyming over dead presidents. You have him rhyming over knock Bring knock that back, Monica. by the way. I miss, I miss the beat. I do miss that era. to some. I do miss that to oh some. Oh my degree. god! I, the know? last song, the last song that last actually. Oh, I thought you were gonna say last song in that. Project. No, I was gonna say the last song that people actually did that with that I could remember was like Panda, because I remember there being like a bunch of Panda freestyles coming out. But that that yeah. that era had already been cooked by like 2013. Was the last 2013 was the last year I remember people like really doing that. Yeah, I missed that too. And and to Greg's point, you know, and you had that on there. So I think to your point, Greg, that forced, I don't say forced, that motivated Cole too, that when he came with Friday Night's Lights to yeah. make that more of an album feel. Cause I think there's only maybe one or two songs. If they, it, well, he rhymes over uh, Vilmatic. He's rhyming over Devil in a New, in a new Dress. Yeah. Uh, so there were some beats that were not or, uh, original of his that right. he was rhyming on in the album. But see, that's always a kind of takes it away from me. And why I think 2014 Forest Hills Drive is his best work, because it's all original work. It's Great all album. cohesive. It's it's all together. Wait, and I, yes, you go pen, ahead. You penalize somebody for making a dope record off somebody else's beat? No, nah, I'm not. No, I'm just saying it's not as good as hearing fresh stuff off your own album. It's just not as good. It doesn't right, hit the same. Well, okay, let me say two things. Two things. Right, I, right, I agree right, with right. you. I did, but I missed the jacking for beats era. But I know why we, people don't do it anymore. Is because you can't monetize. You know, you rapping over somebody, or at least not fairly monetize you right. rapping over somebody else's beat, especially in this current climate. It's not the 2005 mixtape era, so I get that. And two. I agree that Forest Hills Drive is the strongest project, though I just think it's his best and most tightest and most consistent uh, album. The mixtapes are, I mean, look, mixtapes back then, like they were 20 songs, 22, whatever, like yeah. that was the norm. I just yeah. think that, you know, when you're talking about how certain things age, you know, there's, there's quite a few things that I'm kind of like, eh. And Greg, I just want to let you go back in. I don't get me wrong, when I still hear a song like "Too Deep for the Intro" <laughs> with that Badu oh. sample, still it's yeah, it still hits. Like there's great Cole production on there. I just don't think Cole is rapping as good as he was on 2014 Forest Hill Drive. Oh, I don't yeah. think the concept. I don't think the concepts are good. And I just don't think the project is as tight. You know, yeah. there's probably some songs I could play off of that, and I'm still like, you know, like eh, okay. And yeah. it's a great mixtape. That is a classic mixtape. So Legit. I understand. I, it, there's no argument on that. 
It's, yeah. it's a classic mixtape, classic Rain project. That motherfucker Larry Bird, like yo, he was rapping back then. He yo, look, and I look, I love Cole and yeah. the feeling Cole gave me here in the warm up, and we talked about this guys before we started the pod. Yeah. We know what kind of a down period 2007 to 2010 10 was, yeah. at least for me around in hip-hop. Um, so hearing the warm-up and seeing how J. Cole has grown, even for me personally as an artist, is just is dope. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's really dope to see. So, you know, we hope that he grows, grows more. How, how hyped are you, Greg, for this album? Because, you know, I asked it to Brian, and Brian and I talked about it, but how hyped are you for this album as a fan? Well, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't put out work in a while since what KOD, right? So twenty eighteen, yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I would say that when KOD came out, it definitely surprised me because he got out of his comfort comfort zone for a little bit. Like he's been stubborn when it comes to doing everything himself, rapping on his own beats, making you know, writing the bars and making his own beats. So even even on KOD, he definitely got out of his comfort zone. He rapped on beats that I didn't think he would touch. But it still sounded like a trap beat for J. Cole. It didn't just sound like a trap beat, if that makes sense. You know I get that. Saying? I get yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. that it sounded like a Dreamville trap beat, not a trap beat that maybe like Gunna will use or like another like trap art for you. So I would say that's what I want to see more from J. Cole going forward. I want to see him work with other producers and not make a make a beat for J. Cole, just make a beat. Like give him a mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, give him a, a Swiss beast. That's a Swiss beat. Give him a... a see what he can do with that. Exactly. Like, I want to see him really get out of his comfort zone. So, so I want to... I got to give credit to Brian. Greg brings up something interesting, though, because I do want to hear J. Cole with, like, other producers. Yeah, yeah. I was going to bring you... I was going to bring give credit to Brian, because Brian's... Yeah. Brian actually sort of changed my view on this. Brian used to say to me that... You know, I want to hear Cole with other producers because he's like, you know, it's like you're doing too many things. And I should know this as well. This is like being a one-man band journalist. You're shooting, you're writing, reporting on camera. You know, you're doing a lot. Something's going to slip. Something's going to slip when you're doing too much. Right, something's going to slip. There's a reason that for my my fucking fiction novel, I went and got an editor and went and got a publicist that I'm going to be working with. You know what I mean? Like, I can't do all that shit myself. And Brian Brian made this point to me. He said this, and then I thought about how it applied to what I did for work, and I was like, no, you know, something does slip. Like, he's absolutely right Uh, in in terms of this. And I think it's not that J. Cole... I'm not the person like, J. Cole beats are born or J. Cole beats are whack. I've never been that person. I don't think that's true, but you wanted to see how maybe a producer or him locking in with other other producers, maybe one other producer, he could like really lock in or they can give him sort of that that sort of focus, you know, that he could use for an album. And so not to spoil anything for you, Brian, because you haven't watched the documentary, but it sounds like it sounds very much like on this album we could be getting some other people that J. Cole has been working with. And I'm very intrigued to hear that. I think Greg makes a great point. We saw on KOD him branch out his style. We saw him experiment with different flows, which he seemed to get got real good at. We even saw this on that Lewis Street pack I just brought up where he was doing a lot of sing-songy flows, but he's still rapping his ass off. Um, I, I'm excited to see what he can do with that. There's some producers I've always wanted to hear him with. He mentioned uh, working with Pharrell in this documentary. He said this was in the past. He wasn't talking about working with him presently. He mentioned he alludes to Pharrell and being in the studio with him in the past. Um, you'll you'll see why he says that. But hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully, there's something we can hear him on. It would be dope with some other. You people. know, 
And there's there's just he's one of these dudes where it, there's just so many really good producers that he would make sense with. Like we yeah. can get into the names like nice. Alchemist would be one, Static Selector would be another, DJ Marvel. Premier is an obvious one. Who you mentioned, Greg? Who was that? Knife Wonder. Knife Wonder. Yep. That would be perfect because they have that North Carolina connection. I would actually love a ten, like a ten-track album, which is Ninth Wonder Beats and J Cole rapping. I would love to see that. I'd be willing to bet that that will be one of his top three projects if they do that. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I would love to see that because you know, also they're both from North Carolina, so that would make a lot of sense. And you know, like there are other guys like. Hit boy who's now on a run or who just smoked last year. We talked about him being producer of the year, and given the stuff that he's been dropping recently, it looks like he's trying to repeat. <laughs> but um, no one's really, you know, sort of taking that lead yet. And you know, we've heard J. Cole over his own beats a lot or beats that sound like that. So yeah, I would like to see him branch off into other uh elements and other production because look that's part of why we like those mixtapes because he would do his own stuff he would take somebody else's beat he would get somebody here like he would rap over this and you know it was a, it was it was different there were a lot of different things so that's one thing that i do like about the mixtapes is that there were a lot of different sounds like i don't mind what i like when artists do lock into one with one producer oh, i love like that. A couple of our favorite albums, at least this show's favorite albums that we really champion, especially, you know, Dexter with 444, uh, which is an album that I also liked. And then obviously King's Disease last year. Like those mm-hmm. are when one artist lock, knocks, uh, locks in with one producer, like those albums. I mean, shit, Bandana also we talked yep. about. Another you one. know what I mean? Like there are a prime. lot of those albums that we prime. Uh, you know, there's a lot of those that we really like. But also I think because J. Cole has been kind of doing that, with his own stuff, yeah. Why why don't he like sort of branch out and get yeah, the diff- you know, two three producers? The it's difference different. the difference is it's just like you know working on a show. It's just like working on this show. We have Greg or somebody else producers push you to see certain things that you might not see, certain blind spots you might not have. Be like, yo, think about this. Maybe do this. Those are things you need. And when you're locked in with a producer, and I don't think J Cole needs to go the late '90s, early 2000s route of having like seven, eight different producers on your album and getting all the big names. But could he go the route of like you said, maybe locking with one, maybe locking with two or three that fit a certain theme, sort of like Common did on B, where he had Jay Dilla and Kanye, right? Like you got two producers there, and you you kind of have this very cohesive sound for a project. I think something like that could work. For J. Cole, he seems to have a good connection with T-Minus right now. I think that's something to keep an eye on, and you might see some stuff on, on this album with that. So, you know, I'm really intrigued to see what he does and how he pushes his sound. But right now, I'm excited because, guys, I think he, like, in the past year, I've been saying this, like, he's been rapping as good as anybody. And when I just hear the bars and the features, you know, you guys talked about him over ninth. He's on Sojourner, Sojourner Joint with uh, Rhapsody. Um, so. Yeah, he just killed. He killed so much beats, man. And I'm just like, you we want to hit that variety, Cole, on an album, but with a cohesive sound. And I think, I think that can be done. So, you know, we'll see. Fall off. That us fall off. See, I keep jumping ahead to the fall off, man. The off season, off season. Can focus. Off season uh, will be coming out on Friday. You can be sure next week's episode, we absolutely will be talking yep. about what we think about this album how it's received, you know, hopefully we'll sat with it through the weekend um, and talking about it some more. So, you know, it it should be fun uh, to discuss that.
What's up, listeners and supporters of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast? We need some help from you, and it won't take up too much of your time. As we grow, we always want to hear your feedback, so take a minute or two to fill out a short, anonymous survey. The survey link is right in the episode notes for this podcast. It's easy and takes less than five minutes. As always, we thank you for your continued support. So while we are excited about cold dropping, you know, for all us other hip-hop heads that love Kendrick Lamar, we're waiting on Kendrick to drop. We got a lot of people have anticipated something will be coming about from Kendrick this year. I know, Brian, you had sent me something a couple weeks ago about this article that had clues about, you know, what Kendrick might be dropping this year and yeah. when he may be dropping. And in that exact article that Brian sent me, there was something that, that referred to uh, TDE announcing that back on coming up on May 7th, back then, because Brian sent me this at the end of April, May 7th was approaching, and that there was something that will be released on May 7th, and a lot of people speculated that it could be a Kendrick album. And of course, you know, I got excited about that for one second. And foolishly so. <laughs> foolishly so. Don't laugh at me, man. It's not funny. No, because it happened to me, all. too. It happened to me, little, too. You know, I got a little excited. People were dropping clues, Dexter, about... Kendrick did this music video in this month. Yeah. And I was in the studio that. here. P.F. Chang's, all this shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> whatever. P.F. Chang's. Like, P.F. Lang. P.F. Lang. <laughs> yo, yo, man, that's like his, uh, you know, media company that he's doing stuff with. Don't, don't compare him to the, to the Asian restaurant. Come on, man. Don't disrespect either of those folks. Come on. <laughs> Shout out to P.F. Chang's and P.F. Lang. Yes. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing, but listen, man. Like there was all these clues about he's been in the studio with all these people and he's been doing this, that, and a third, which all of which may be true. But then if you're TDE, I don't remember who it was Punch, Top Dog. I think it was Top Dog. Or Punch. I don't know. One of them posted uh 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 a loading thing talking about the wait is over OVA and then what we get this past Friday mm-hmm. already was an Isaiah Rashad single. That was okay. It was you, okay. You weren't you weren't excited. You weren't excited about this. Listen, Isaiah Rashad, <gasps> the Suns tirade is 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 the Suns tirade is a you know is an album that a lot of people love, and a lot of people really? love Isaiah Rashad. And he, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a look. There's an Isaiah Rashad community that I've researched. They're on. They're they were very vocal on Twitter. Very excited that he dropped it for the first time in five years. And I understand that. I totally understand that. But listen, I'm waiting for Kendrick Lamar. So I'm speaking for me, and I'm probably speaking for Dexter here too. I'm waiting for Kendrick Lamar. Like, no disrespect to Isaiah Rashad, but also if you're gonna if you're gonna do the wait is over, and then you're gonna only do that for a single and it'd be an Isaiah Rashad single like no no I mean, like I'm I mean, not and I mean, it's not even it's not even that awesome it's not like to bring it back to J. Cole when the Lewis Street EP came out and as soon as I heard the climb back I was like holy shit right what the fuck is this you know what right. I mean like right. I like right. that was that was damn near my song of the year and it was one yeah. of the only songs he dropped right. yeah, but here's the thing I mean, I'm going to be play devil's advocate here. You know, TDE is teasing. 
I mean, they weren't wrong. By the way, the, they, no, no, they were no, because the wait, the wait, the wait, the wait is, is still over. going on. The wait is still going on because Isaiah Rashad didn't drop the album. Like, well, wait, so, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You can't but, give me no, the wait no. is over they, with a they, loading they, screen and drop one song. They said because they, three minutes later, I'll still be waiting. But no, hold on, <laughs> hold on. They're saying the wait was over for some new music, and they did give you new music technically, right? They gave you new music. They gave you this song. So now you're going to have to wait some more, but you do have something to hold you over if you're an Isaiah Rashad fan. Now, I like Isaiah Rashad. I like Isaiah Rashad, though. Like, I, like, you know. I like Sylvia Demo. I thought it was dope. I was very yes. intrigued by him. I thought the Suns tirade was extremely disappointing. Um, and, but, you know, I mean, this is not what you would... You can't tease. Now, I want to bring this back to Dreamville. And I believe our producer, Greg, said this before we hopped on the show. And he said that you know, you need, they need to take some notes, TDE, that is, from Dreamville and how they do promo. And I, I can see Greg right now not, nodding on this. Now, do you know what happened a couple, almost two weeks ago? Do you know what happened? You know, you know how TDE, not TDE, excuse me, Dreamville, and this is just, just you could say it was by mistake. Dreamville artist Boss, this was almost two Fridays ago, uh, put out on IG, I believe. Let me make sure this was IG and this was not Twitter. Yes, this was IG. And he just put out a message and said that J. Cole would be dropping an album in two weeks. Everybody was like, oh. And then the next week, J. Cole came out and said, I'll be dropping the album next week. You see how it was done? <laughs> Boss said something that was true. Boss said something. Then J. Cole came and confirmed it a week later. And then we all knew what it was, right? They didn't have to do any loading sign. Like, and, and you know what's funny? Now. What goes on from this point, if Boss says something about an album coming out, I trust Boss. He's a good source. He's an absolutely good source. I can't, I can't really trust anything that my TDE might say because it, it'll be teasing. It was like that time when Top Dog said he was going to drop, like, what was it, like eight or nine projects in one year, and they didn't do that. I forgot what year that was, a couple oh, years ago. Listen, they didn't do it. I'm so, I'm so glad they don't post that fucking board anymore of, like, first quarter... It's going to be this person and this person, second quarter. You know what I'm talking about. They used to do this every year. Okay, SZA dropped for the first time and the only time. And we're going to cross her name off, and now we're going to go into this person. Like, you know what I have in front of me, Dexter? You know what I have in front of me? You've known me for a long time, so you know what I have in front of me because I, I come prepared when it comes to all this stuff. I have the TDE discography right in front of me there and the go. list of albums that they've had dropped. And let me tell you something. Hold on. Because Isaiah Rashad hasn't even come out yet. I don't even know the release date right now, right? Um, and look, we, don't even, when, we don't even know if there's going to be an album. Like, when, we don't know that. <laughs> we actually don't know that. <laughs> that's true, actually. <laughs> when, we when, don't know that. Okay, so fair enough. But if Isaiah Rashad's album drops, and, you know, we'll prob I'm sure we're going to talk about it on the show, especially now. Like, we can't not talk about it because of all this. No, um, we cannot, but, but yeah. <laughs> but we know J. Cole's dropping, so that's important. Uh, and hopefully Kendrick Lamar is soon to follow. TDE dropped one. Uno. One album last year, Reason, who came out in October, which was an album that got a lot of acclaim, which was an album that, you know, people hyped up a little bit too much for me. Because when I went and heard it, I was like, this is good, but it's not, like, not cracking my top 10, 15, 20. Like, you know, like, last year was a very, it turned out to be a very good year after COVID uh, really, you know, was, was at its height and shit, some places it still is. Um, we're praying for India, obviously. And, like, 
you know, you're looking at all these different dudes that dropped last year, Nas and Penny and Conway, and it's like the Reason album didn't quite crack that for me, right? And that's the one album TD dropped last year. Yes. In 2019, not including a Zakari EP, you have Sir Chasing Summer. So it's a good, which is actually a solid album. We have Schoolboy Q, Crash Talk. Forgettable. And that's it. <laughs> so here's, but here's hey, my hold thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. In 2018, in 2018, we have Reason again, because Reason been working apparently. There you have it, which I don't really remember, to be honest with you. Um, and we have one of my favorite TD, TD albums of all time, Redemption by J-Rock. Okay? So we have that. And, and Sir, Sir came out with November in January yes. of that year. Um, I like two, that. And 2017 was just two albums. It was just Control and Damn. That's it. And then you go back and, and Damn, finally when, in Damn, 2016. When, 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 was, when was Do What Thou Wilt in the last Absol? That was 2016? December of 2016. Absol is another person that a lot of people are waiting on him to drop because he also hasn't released an album like... In that long, Lance Ski Walker also came out last that year. Isaiah Rashad as well. Schoolboy Q, Blank Face. But you're seeing like mm, two, three albums a year. You're, the last time they dropped more than three albums in a year was 2016. And the last year that a lot of people were going crazy over TDE albums was 2017 with Damn and Control. Because Damn and Control were like two of the biggest albums that came out that year. Ever since then... Like, there's a lot, it's just sparingly, you know, just dropping albums. And I'm just wondering, like, I, we're, look, we're all for respecting the creative process and taking time to put out quality mm-hmm. over quantity. But at the same time, like, why are they not dropping more than just a couple albums a year? I don't, I, I don't, I guess. Like, I, hope, I, I hope Absol's all right and still making some bread because, damn, I, he hasn't dropped an album in almost five years. So <laughs> the, he's the artist I probably am the most concerned about with that. I like Absol, although I think his he hasn't his albums haven't been as good since Control System. Um oh, I but love Control I, System. So do I. But I think that yeah, long term was the good uh our producer Greg says too. Long term is kind of what got me into Absol. But I think that I don't I'm not as bothered as much. But here's the thing. So Brian brings up the point about and Brian and I spoke about this before about the quality over the quantity. I could care less about the gaps if the albums were good. However, 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 however. People forget. I don't know. Outside, outside of 2017, which you mentioned, which had Damn, (laughs) and also Control, which were very critically acclaimed albums. Now, I don't hold Damn as highly as I do some other kind of albums, but it's a very good album, no doubt. The quality of a lot of those albums you just mentioned, there's it's, it's not that good. There's not a lot of albums you mentioned that I'm like, oh man, I'm really dying to go back to. That last Sir album was, was actually was actually really good. I'll give them that. I'm very intrigued to see what what uh, SZA does next, even though she's dropped like three singles in the last six months, or uh, maybe seven, eight months, if I probably go further back, that are actually good, and we don't know what her situation with the album. No, she's working on one. We don't know enough about Kendrick. I don't need to know all the information. I guess I guess I'm just not here for the tease. That's kind of where I am, right? Not like, when I don't you're necessarily... not really producing. I'm not here for I don't that. really care about how infrequently they're dropping too much. 
I would, I understand where Brian's come from. Maybe Brian wouldn't care as much, and I'm probably putting words in your mouth, Brian. Maybe you wouldn't care as much if there was more quality for the weight. And if so, I understand right. that, right? Like, That's I get is. that, which is like, all right, if, you want, if you're not going to give me something all the time, when you have all this time going by, I would hope some quality. I kind of look at this in the same way as I always respect artists taking time between albums. I don't like, I don't like hip hop. I think Joey Badass said this. I don't like my hip hop being served like fast food. I don't like that. I want people who take Joey Badass to drop another album though. Like according to what Static Selector told us that he's redone, he's redone this album like twelve times or whatever. You know what I mean? Here's the thing. At least I'm not gonna kill the kid. He gave me an EP last year. That was dope. that's what I was gonna say. This is this is my point with by the way, all three songs, very good. No explanation yes. was my favorite. Yes. Shine was your favorite. Uh but like I see that's the thing. And why Corday did this recently where he knows that he, he's not album ready yet, but he dropped uh, an EP like four, like a little EP, a, a little EP pack of four joints, um, which I don't think was as good as the album that he just put out last year, which or was it the year before. I don't remember. But um, he, his last album, whatever it was, I thought it was really good and I was impressed. Um, so Corday is somebody who's on my radar and has become one of my favorite newer artists. So when he dropped the EP, I was like, OK, this is cool. Like, this is kind of a, a, a little holdover. And I don't think that needs to be, like, an awesome EP. But even J. Cole did it with the Lewis Street EP, where it's like, I think artists can do that if they know that they have. Because everybody has joints that they're probably not going to do anything with that are good enough for people to, like, want to consume or whatever. And the Corday four-pack was solid. It was fine. I, that's fine. I guess the question I ask before we wrap this topic up is, do you think there's a time or period of time between an artist dropping or saying that they're going to drop something that makes you not care anymore or forget about the artist a la Jay Electronica. You know, Jay Electronica talked so long about what he was going to drop and when it was going to come, and then he signed nah, with Jay. Nah, hit me up Rock on the Nation. phone, said, what you waiting on? Tip well, hit me up with a twit, said, what you waiting on? <laughs> and it was like, yo! They were still waiting. This was in like, 2011, like, by the way. Right. That album just leaked last year. <laughs> like, <laughs> he sent me texts every hour on the dust saying, when you go drop that verse, you're taking long. And it was like, yo, man, you still were taking long. <laughs> and then he drops the album and it's a Jay-Z mixtape, as Joe Budden says. Right. Jay- Jay-Z's all over it. Wait, so, so, Out-rapping him. Are you afraid that this happens to someone like Absol? Should this be our concern for Absol that he sort of, I don't want to say forgot. I like that. That's wrong because there are people who think of and care of Absol and there are fans who care about Absol. So I don't really like using that term. But, you know, to the, I don't, like, don't want to say irrelevant either too, but just, I don't know. We don't know all the politics behind. I hope Absol's getting to work on his craft. I think he's a really talented rapper. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that point is for artists where it's too long between the weight and the, I don't know. I don't know. And they're so, caring about the music. You know, a lot of it also depends on the artists. Cause I think Kendrick Lamar, he's fine. You know what I mean? I, right. I, I, I don't think he should wait, you know, like Dr. Dre <laughs> type of, uh, you know, gap in between albums. But I think that even if he doesn't drop this year, it's not like mm-hmm. he's going to drop next year and not do what Kendrick Lamar typically does not put out a great album where if he's putting on this much time, like this is the largest gap he's had between albums of his, in his career. So, yeah. you know, obviously we're expecting a great project. 
Um, Nas had a really long gap between Life is Good and Nazir, and, you know, we, we, we didn't need Nazir necessarily. Um, technically, King's Disease was his first full-length album because Los Angeles Life is Good, you know. Yeah, in eight years. So, like, for me, it, it just depends on the artist. I always think, ideally, you would want a two- to three-year gap I'm not the person who needs my favorite artist to come out with something every year. I even thought that Alfredo, as much as I liked it, and it was one of the best albums that came out that last year, it was 11 months after Bandana. I was like, I could have waited for this. Like this, this could have came like later in the year or whatever. That's sort of the sweet spot. Like, you know, even, even in books, for example, a lot of people aren't releasing, trying to release uh, stories every single year. You know, because it takes a long time. Artistry works the same way, I feel like, in hip-hop, where, like, you know, if you're releasing an album every single year, like, think about all the artists who have, over the course of their career, released an album every single year, and their discography is awesome. Jay-Z was doing that early on, and then eventually Uh you saw more gaps as he matured, and Uh his content got mature, whatever. For Nas, I can give you all the years. It was 94, it was 96, it was 99 twice. And the reason why it was 99 twice, well, we know. It was supposed to be just 99 once. Or 98, as a matter of fact. Yes, 98, yeah. Uh 01, 02, 04, 06, 08, 12, well, Distant Relatives was 10, then 12, then you get 18, 19, 20, but 18 was an EP, 19 was a compilation of old shit, and then 20 was a new album. Like, a lot of do, a lot of people wait a long time in between uh, albums, or not a long time, but at least two, three years. I feel like that's a sweet spot. Yeah, Absol right now is at five, Isaiah Rashad's at five, J-Rock is on his third, so, you know, these are some people, and Kendrick Lamar is on his fourth. And scissors on her fourth. Like these are people that we need to start hearing from at some point. Yeah, it's interesting because you know I just thought as we were talking about this, I thought about the roots. It's been, I think they just are approaching this month seven years since their last album. When you become a legacy act, it's a little bit different, though. I agree, I and like I think it. they are in that in that place. And I'm probably not as mad because I've had some Black Thought solo projects and know there are more to come, including the uh, Danger Thoughts album that's supposed to come out this year. So. You know, we'll see. Good conversation around hip hop. One time for your mom, one time. One time for your mom, one time. What did we think of the Nas and Jay Z? Because we did not talk about this last week because we were focusing on sports. Nas and Jay Z hopped on the song the DJ Khaled record, and I forget the name of the song. Uh, sorry, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. And um, a lot of people on Twitter, like, it was sort of mixed. Grown folks liked it a little more than the younger folks. I can uh, see that. They, people were saying, like, oh, they didn't really go that hard on it. Um, and this is one criticism I did agree with was, like, I could have used some drums. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, in the in the beat. But that's more of an instrumental sort of thing. I personally like the record. I don't see myself going back to it a ton. And I think, you know, because people are going to do this, I think Nas had the slightly better verse. But I think that in going through... Like some of the things that they said, like it, you know, it was a cool song, but it's not one like I'm going crazy over because I don't typically go crazy over anything on DJ Khaled albums like that. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I think I feel the same way. I thought it was cool. Um, I thought both verses were cool. I like Nas's verse. I know there were some people who were didn't like the cryptocurrency Scarface line or bar. It was actually uh, re- it was a really good bar. 
It's um, actually a really good bar. It's funny. It, I was watching something where somebody was like flaming the bar. I mean, I just kind of felt like it was okay. I wasn't bothered by it either way. Um, I thought Jay's verse was cool. I liked the, the you know, play off of B, you know, which is what Jay's going to do. This is what men of their stature and at their age are rapping about certain things. I'm fine with it. It's a laid back track. It wasn't supposed to be aggressive. Do I think this is as good as a black Republican or, um, oh man, why, why success. is this so, success? Yes. I don't know. Because, why success I, because I know, I know you think it's better than BBC. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I do think it's better than BBC. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, the, the, the song, the song's cool, man. It's, it's cool. It, you know, I, I was fine with it. You know, again, I, it, it's nothing to be supremely excited about. It was nice seeing them rap together. It was nice seeing them in the video together. And I've seen some talks about maybe now we need to finally have a Jay and Nas project. Um, and I've always said I would be here for that. I, um, I will be here for that. Just keep DJ Khaled the fuck away from <laughs> no, both no. of them if they're going to do <laughs> yeah. that project. Bring I, in Hitboy. Look, Hitboy's work with both. I'll have Hitboy do the whole I, album. Fuck I, it. Would, I, I, would, I would really love the both of them. If they're going to do this, if this ever was going to happen, it has. I want this to be a very, very, very New York sounding project. You yeah. got to give me Primo, you gotta give me some static. You gotta give me no some ID Pete too. Rock. Some no, yeah. This has to be a very New York sounding album, and I want that. I want the jazz. I want the grimy drums. I want that. Yeah, that's what I'd want if that happened. I feel but like we have we'll to see. get it at some point. I feel like at some we have point, to get it. maybe we will. And, and, then, and we won't say we won't say much about this, but the DMX posthumous album is apparently yes. coming out. I saw Nas posted on Instagram. He's excited for it. We don't know much about it, so we won't spend May, more than May a couple minutes on it. Is the release date? Yeah, so that's coming out. So that's on the radar too. I mean, generally, what I wanted to ask was like, how do you feel about posthumous albums? I generally, I generally, generally, except I'm gonna have to, you know put a caveat on this. There's no hip hop artist that I've really been a huge fan of that has died, like a huge, huge fan of. Um, most posthumous albums, I would have to say, are not good, um, generally speaking, in terms of hip hop. And I think a lot of times the reason that is is because the work hasn't been finished on it or people take verses that were laid on other beats and then trying to put it on beats or remixes that wasn't intended for. Biggie so duets. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so that's, I think, what kills it. Where I actually think this X album has a chance of being at least decent is the fact that it was known that DMX was working on this uh, album before he died and it was supposed to come out this year. He even said this, I think, recently on a Drink Chaps, Champs appearance, I believe, in Nori. So he was working on this. This was supposed to come out. So the fact that he was working on this, there's probably some structure to it. There's already, like, hooks and beats that were ready. So it sounds like this was probably already done. This has a chance. You know, you hope the music is good, but I think that gives it more of a fighting chance than other posthumous releases because generally people, you know, um, are just kind of throwing stuff together. Um, and then have to get, you know, all the clearance from the estate and whatnot. So, you know, I'll be honest, like generally I don't care about posthumous releases or there hasn't really been one that I've had to care about uh, in hip hop. This is one where I think I actually will pay some attention to it. I actually will give it a listen. I'm intrigued. I would have been in, listened to it anyway if DMX was alive because I've been intrigued to see some of the growth he's had 
in terms of an artist's album. I thought he sounded pretty decent on the la- the Locks last album on the track he was on. So I- I'm actually intrigued to hear this on what DMX was rapping about before his death. Yeah. And, and my, my, my big thing with posthumous albums is they're too feature heavy sometimes. Yes. Like, I know a lot of people love the Pop Smoke album. I thought there were too many features on there. And I understand why, because, you know, he... Was friends with but there were some there were some dope dope tracks on there though. There were like there were mm-hmm. a bunch of songs that I like, but at the same time I'm like, and there's a there's a version of the album that has like 30 records, and I'm like, damn, son, you could have like made a, another posthumous album maybe uh, instead of just throwing them all here for the deluxe and the super deluxe or whatever. Um, you know, and, and clearly there was structure in that album also because that was something that was being worked on worked on before, right. before his death. So we'll see. I, I typically don't get excited about posthumous albums because, you know, the Biggie Duets is like the most famous example for me of just a smorgasbord of fucking shit. Or of just like or all, all these features and everyone like uh, just, you know, look, I, look I, I've seen the Nasty Girl video like a million times because I was watching a lot of BET that year for whatever reason. Yeah, or, or even after Biggie had passed, they did the Born Again album, which also, I mean, you granted you had Dead Wrong with Eminem, which was good, but that overall was not really a good project. It's a lot of Biggie verses that he then tried to find with different beats. and Pac's Life. That was one that came out around at the same time. They had a yeah. Shanti singing the hook and shit, like with Ti rap. I like. Uh, I just. Uh, I'm not a really. I'm not, I'm a, not a fan. Album, I'm. Right, I'm, so. I'm not. I mean, I, like I said, I'll check out X because he was working on it, but it just. It'll be interesting. All right, that's it for this hip hop heavy edition of the A Hard to Tell podcast, episode 177. Thank you to everybody for listening, uh, watching with us. We'll have more. We'll probably talk a little bit more sports next week, a little bit about the J. Cole album as well next week. So a lot of good stuff coming up with, with that. You can check Brian and I on NBA Picks and Props on the Props Network uh, later this week. Also can check me and Greg on the NBA Exchange. We'll be doing that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, this week as well, too. So... It's going to be a lot of interesting stuff coming around sports. NBA playing we'll have to talk about next week. A lot of good things to talk about uh, for sure. So for our producer, Gregory Alcala, for Brian Fonseca, until next time, y'all. Peace.